I want to give you folks a great big good morning. Wonderful to have you here today. Good morning. It's wonderful to have our studio audience here joining us. I just want to invite anyone who would like who's in the area. Again, you're more than welcome to join us for our studio audience live and you get a chance to, as they would say, see how the sausage is made. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's great. We, we have a, a small group that meets every week here and, and you're always, always warmly invited to join us. And, and today is, is a fun message. It's a fun message to, to share together because it's, it's a counterintuitive measure. It's a far more counterintuitive measure in our culture, a culture where things keep on going more and more, more fast. You know, we're constantly trying to speed things up and we're taking a look today at actually how to slow things down. We're trying to be the opposite of Amazon delivery service. We're actually trying to go the other direction and to go in a way that maybe we can just talk about the value of slowing down, being present with each other in a world that keeps speeding up. Last week, we sort of set the, the cornerstone of it, which is this idea that when you look at 1 Corinthians 13 and it talks about love, one of the most famous passages on love, love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of wrongs. Many of us have heard that many times. If you haven't, wonderful to go and read it. And we talked about the fascinating part that it starts with the simple definition, love is patient. Patient. And it's so easy to, to get impatient. So easy to get impatient. And maybe when we're impatient, we're not loving. I think we would find that to be true. And how do we get more patient? How do we learn to breathe? How do we learn to just have the time just where things have slowed down? And we're going to look at that in, in some depth today, but there's ways we can just look at, the, look at how this has changed over time. This is a video I have loved for years. It's a video about pit stops and how pit stops and car racing have changed. And I think you'll see in this video how dramatically different, how dramatically different our world has become over the past 50 years. Take a look. comes in for a pit stop. Time to refuel and change tires. Lou Moore himself changes the tires. Only four crew members, including the driver, are allowed to work on the car. It's a tense time. Holland stays in his seat, anxious to get away. Let's watch. are changed at last. A crewman polishes the windshield as Holland moves away just 67 seconds after he stops.
I find that video very amusing. And, and, and right, it's, it's, it's interesting because we want lives that are more and more efficient, but it's not more and more efficient so we can have more rest. I mean, how many of us have a gazillion labor-saving devices in our kitchen? Right, a gazillion of them. But have they made your life more restful? No, they just, they just help us to do things more, with more speed. They help us to live lives that are actually faster. And maybe this, maybe that whole quest, folks, for efficiency is part of the problem. Now again, efficiency has many good parts to it. We try to be efficient in what we do here at New Church Live in many, many ways. But then there are many other ways where the last thing spiritually we want to be is efficient. Matter of fact, we want to be as inefficient as we can possibly be. Because I think in a lot of our spiritual lives, one could argue that efficiency actually is a problem. And we need to take a look at that. And what if this, as we get ready for our first song here, what if, what if efficiency does have a cost for us? And what if that biggest cost is presence? So when we come back, we're going to look at a couple of Bible stories that, that may get us re-centered on, on, on the way Sabbath can look, on the way peace can look in our lives, on a way to slow down and be more present. So friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Every 
destination is between somewhere and somewhere else in this great nation. It's your world. It's a good day for a traveler. A good day for a traveler like cash in the bank. A full tank. Sometimes I get caught up where I'm never meant to be It's the curse of being free The curse of being free But baby, it's a good day For the travelers and the sinners All the would-be winners And every day begin again Beautiful, beautiful song there. And, and let's, let's talk for a minute, folks, around, again, that, that slowing down, that what does that look like? And let's, let's look at efficiency. And let's look at what maybe the problem in it is. It's, it's interesting with efficiency, because again, we want to be efficient. I wanna, don't want to overstate, I don't want to, to over-criticize efficiency. But it is interesting when we start to make efficiency a primary value, a virtue where it becomes the most significant thing. And, and that's where we can, I think we're in danger a lot of the time in this day and age of being ruled by algorithms. Computer programs that, that help to make things as incredibly efficient as possible. But is that really the way you wanna live your life with those you love? Do you really wanna live it highly efficiently? I know as a pastor, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, you come to these beautiful memorial services, no one has ever said, I want to tell you about grandpa. What did I love about him the most? He was highly efficient. Lots of comments around, he was present, he went fishing, or grandma, grandma used to make great meals and she'd sit down and she'd talk and she'd say, manja, 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 and, and we, would, we would get a chance to enjoy her company. I hear that all the time. That's presence. It's not necessarily efficiency. And so when we do that, folks, we have to remember that, that if, we, if we become totally myopically consumed with efficiency, that what we'll miss, what we'll miss in the long run is this ability to be present and we can see how that works. I remember years ago, this was, this was when I was a teacher and, and a coach and I had a lot of stuff going on. Life was really busy. And, and as many of us do, you know, our kids, whatever grade it is, they, they do a picture of their family and they draw the picture. And I came home one day and there the, the picture of our family, sort of stick, little north of stick figures, is, is up there on the refrigerator. And, and I take a look at this picture and here's five kids, here's my spouse, and, and, and over here on the far left, half body in, was me. Now, I had a smile, that was nice. But it was just me kind of leaning into the picture, smiling and waving. And what I realized was my life was so driven by efficiency, so driven by doing, that that's the way my oldest daughter saw me, just as kind of half in the picture. 
And that was a quest for efficiency that had gotten me there. Now, of course, it would be great to say uh, I changed my ways immediately after seeing that. I didn't. <laughs> it takes work. It takes, it takes an ability to see things differently. I know now I really do see things very differently. I don't see speed and efficiency as necessarily great things all the time. I know we have a lot of people here in New Church Live. No doubt many of you watching here today, wherever you're watching, from California or Florida, wherever, you know, you're part of the medical profession. I don't know anybody who has told me, you know, that, that how, how much more efficient and sped up the medical profession has become that it's made their jobs easier or made their jobs better. I think we all hear consistently about how hard it is to work in the medical field today because it's such a driven field, so speed-oriented. So how do we slow down? How do we become more present, friends? And that's, again, where God has a beautiful answer. And the answer is the Sabbath. The Sabbath. Now, I want to set up the, the, the Sabbath here, what it means. Well, the, the word in Hebrew means to rest. And it goes way back to this, this, this original story, story of creation. Now, the incredible part of this story, I find, we have to start over here. Beautiful part of this story, story of creation, we can look at that literally or figuratively. We're looking at the poetic sense here. It says, God created the world. And then everything he goes through in order, and he says, this was not just good, this was very good. Keeps on this good, very good, good, very good, good, very good. And, and think about holding that perspective, bringing that perspective into life. Oh, yeah, life, life is this. It's challenging, it's really hard, it's not always easy, we're clear about that. But when we can step back a little bit and really see the picture, it's good, folks. Not perfect, and some days are absolutely heartbreaking, want to be clear about that. But here God, in his creation of the world, in his creation, bakes into the DNA of it all, good, very good. And then here's all these, 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 these days of creation. Again, see it as a beautiful figurative story. And it gets to this seventh day. And that's where God talks about, talks about Sabbath. Here we are. This is from Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all the work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. That is, that is such a, I mean, that is, that is a ridiculously beautiful perspective to have of life. So we look at life and we look at all the things that get created and we're able to go, yep, it's all good. It's all very good. And then we get a chance to sit on the seventh day and think of this literal or figurative and we get to go, oh, isn't that beautiful? Like, like we are commanded, it becomes one of the Ten Commandments actually, we are actually commanded to sit in this place and to look at this life that we have and to go like, oh yeah, good, very good. And it's not that, that we rest from our labor. I think part of that is resting from labor, but part of it also, friends, is just resting in the blessing. And I'm using that word in very deliberately. We rest in the blessing, like in this. There's great power in that. The problem is, folks, is that we're human. 
So we, we, we tend to take these things and, and we tend to put them into our own paradigm. Again, that old thing, we, we forget that we are made in God's image and we tend to make God in our image. And then within a few thousand years, a few hundred years, that message had been changed. And here we go for probably about 1,500 years, if you want to be more exact. 1,500 years after the story of creation was written into Jesus' life, 1,500 years later. And this is what had happened to that beautiful concept of Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples, again, there's 12 of them who aren't familiar with the, the Christian message, walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. So that's known as gleaning. So they're going through a, through a grain field and they start to pick some, some, uh, some heads of grain. The Pharisees, the clergy at that time, said to Jesus, look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? So because they're seeing somebody do something on the Sabbath, rest had, rest had moved from an invitation to a law. They're upset. Jesus answered, have you never read what David did, that's King David of old, when he and his companions were hungry and in need? What he did was he entered the house of God, which was the, the temple, the tabernacle, and ate the consecrated bread, which is, which is lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to him, and this is the line we'll come back to, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, that idea, the Sabbath was made for man. That, that coming back to that beautiful idea that, that here we're to sit, and we're to sit in this chain of blessing, and that, that God has created this resting space, this resting space for us. Not from a legalistic or a punitive standpoint, but is something that is, that is so incredibly critical to the human experience. Now it's interesting, you know, Jesus goes on, and these are, these are, this is a beautiful word later in the New Testament. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, weary, weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's, that's this beautiful part, friends, of of, of an invitation, right? Like Jesus saying, yeah, I think that's so much a Sabbath rest. He's saying, look, you got a lot of burdens. You do. I mean, every one of you, I say this a lot, like every one of you today, you want to know what your burden is. I could ask anyone in our audience or online, I could say, who are you carrying on your heart today? And you would all have someone. Someone you're worried about. Someone you're, you're sad about. Someone where there's a wish for something better to happen. That's a burden. And I think Jesus is saying, like, again, in light of this, this Sabbath, you know, bring that. Jesus is saying, bring that to me. And I'll, I'll give you rest. Now, folks, rest, not the solution. Big difference. Just I'll give you rest here. I'll give you a place where you can just sit, sit and just we'll hold it together. Maybe you mean that in more ways than one. There's beauty in that idea, and yet it's, yet it's very different from, from the legalism that they were talking about. And legalism comes from a totally different space than, than over there with blessing. Legalism sits in a space, and that's what these Pharisees, that's what these clergy were doing. They had turned religion and faith not into kind of resting in the blessing, but, but into this legalistic system. 
they had made it all about laws. And, and the laws, and this is where legalism is different. The laws had become the point. See, with, with our life of faith, folks, it's, it's important to remember that, that there's always this journey, right? And right and wrong is an eternal concept, not a temporal concept. There is such a thing as right and there is such a thing as wrong. Everything is not relative. And I think we can hold that, but we can hold that without trying to boil it down into just, into just really specific laws. And what those specific laws do is, is if we get too enamored with that, too enamored with that, it makes God very, very, very small. It makes God tiny. Because then somehow God can only exist within, within those iron clad. It's the only place God can be is in this small little batch of rules. Don't you think God's bigger than that? I think God is much bigger than that. And that doesn't mean that the rules aren't important. I mean, we drove here, thank goodness for stoplights. We drove here, thank goodness for edges on the road. We drove here, thank goodness for lines in the middle of the road. Like, thank goodness for all those things. But that's not, never was and never will be the point. The point was getting here. And that's a different way of seeing it. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about that because, and here's a little, here's a little spinoff for you. I think in a way, when Jesus says, come to me, who all you who are burdened and heavy, heavy burden and give your burden, you know, lay your burden on me. I think he's talking to, again, the regular Joe and Jane bag of donuts kind of people. And I think he's talking to the Pharisees. Legalism is exhausting. It's exhausting when we have a bunch of rules about how the world must always work. That's a burden. And folks, legalism, tying it back, legalism can feel like it makes the world really super efficient. But how present can you be with people if it's just always about the rules and only about the rules? Can you really be present with other people that way? It'd be pretty hard. I don't know any marriages that thrive in that environment. I don't know any families that thrive in that environment. I know guidelines are good. A river without banks is a puddle. All those things are true. But the point always is something greater than that. And I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to here. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to put exactly into words, but I feel that invitation comes back to this idea, again, friends, of a, of a Sabbath mindset. It's, it's really valuable to take a day, and I'm so appreciative that people took today, and they took time at 10.30 today to join us in what is a Sabbath celebration. We're all deeply grateful for that. That's good. And, and we can also hold Sabbath, not just as a day, but as a way to hold life. A Sabbath rest that we don't think, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, step number seven in having a successful life is to celebrate the Sabbath and then you go back to day one, come back through. Maybe Sabbath rest, it's, it's like a circle and, and it, it's a circle and that it starts to settle into our heart and Sabbath really is about something that settles deeply into our heart in a new way. 
where we start to see Sabbath and the word peace as coming together, as almost being one, Sabbath peace or Sabbath rest. And I want to talk here for a minute about Sabbath as union and Sabbath as joy. First off with Sabbath as union, this is from the book Heaven and Hell, a piece of Christian New Church theology. Peace means the union of the Lord with heaven and with the church and with everyone in heaven and we could add everyone on earth. You know, peace is, peace is when we have this gathering. Notice how different that is than peace being a rule. Peace is a gathering. Is a gathering. Last night, seated around a table, 14 people there. That's Sabbath and peace in a certain way. It's loud. <laughs> it's, it's obnoxious at times. No doubt a few arguments there at the other side of the table. But there's peace and rest. There's, there's Sabbath there that's incredibly powerful. And then, friends, we also have this idea of joy. So this Sabbath rest, it becomes this peace and it becomes this joy. Peace is the divine joy of the Lord's divine love. Arising again, here we tie back to union, rising from his union with heaven and with every individual there. So, so again, we have this integration of all things and we find union and we find joy. And that's part of Sabbath too. That's part of this, this way of weaving things together. And then what do we see, folks? And I love this concept. This is such a beautiful concept. I would take a screenshot of that if you're at home or bust out your phone and take a screenshot of that right now. Joy is knowing there's a greater reality. Joy is knowing there's a greater reality. And, and that's where I feel like when we, when we can do the idea of Sabbath, when we can slow down, when we can be present, when we can park efficiency and speed off to the side. It's not that folks, if, if I choose, again, I'm gonna park speed and efficiency off on the side, I'm gonna really choose to like be in this space. It's not that the answer arrives immediately. Again, it's not a step. It's not, all right, I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna be really aware of Sabbath today. I'm waiting for the peace. It'll be here in exactly 10 seconds. It's not programmatic like that but it puts us in a space where it's more likely to happen than not. And what we might get when we're in this space, and notice I'm saying might, I mean, I don't think it always happens. We might get this, again, where we, where we just for a minute, we see joy, and this was a, a definition from one of my favorite podcasters, Kate Baller, where, where we just see, oh yeah, there's a greater reality here. It's just for a second. It's just for a second. A couple days ago, I on an early morning walk. I love going on early morning walks, and it's rain, 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 rain. I don't even mind the rain, to be honest. But then all of a sudden this, boop. The clouds break, and there's just that little bit of sun. And it was so joyful. See, and, and, and I think, folks, those moments are all around us, and and how can we find that? How can we have the eyes to see it? We're not going to see it from that legalistic part of our mind that has made faith, made a lot of life just a bunch of rules. 
and us a job, us gives, giving us the job of warden. As is often said, the warden is prisoner too. <laughs> it comes from this, and it, it anchors in this. God created the world. He created us, image and likeness of God. Good, very good. And we get to rest in that at a certain point. We get to allow that to enter our lives. So folks, as we have our middle song here, just take a breath and just think about what life is like led from that place and led from that place of union and that place of joy where efficiency is put in its right place and what we've put at the, corner, at the very core of our lives is this beautiful Sabbath rest.
Thanks. So, so friends, you know, I remember years ago, years ago, I mean, probably, I don't know, 30 years ago or so, reading a, a piece of theology and they were talking about heaven. And, and it was this beautiful idea of, of you know, I, I kind of had this image of heaven as, is heaven will be an all-inclusive resort. That's what it'll be with soft pretzels. And, and it'll be a resort and I'll just be like on a, on a lounge chair and it'll, it'll be perfect. That'll be what heaven is. And maybe there'll be a few days like that. <laughs> but here's an idea, right? And this was, I remember reading about 30 years ago, it was mind-blowing to me. Heaven is like a new morning. Hmm. How different is that? Have you ever woken up at peace in your heart? And it's at a place where you're at peace in your heart and you've got a whole day full of things that you love to do. I mean, imagine that. That's so good. Can you see the blessing? You know, good, very good. And then it gets to this moment of like, oh, Sabbath, good, very good. Oh, Sabbath, Sabbath. And then, and then a switch can start to happen, and it's a beautiful switch. This is a little bit of history for you. For those of you who don't know, I'm a history guy. I love history. It's, it's, it's a switch, and it's not a theological, like, this was the wrong way, and now this is the right way. It's just, oh, this was a way, and this is a, a, a new way, and it's just something to think about, and the two kind of are both right. In the Jewish tradition, again, we're, we live in a culture that's, that's deeply embedded in the Judeo-Christian culture and Judeo-Christian theology. And, and in, the, in the Jewish tradition, Sabbath was, you came through your week, and then at the end of the week, you had a Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a way to sort of like come to the end of the week and put a period on the end of the sentence and just have that day of rest. Christian forefathers came along and they weren't arguing that that was wrong. They wanted to shift the day, not because Judaism was wrong, but they just wanted to add a theological spin to it. And it's a beautiful theological spin. And they said, let's actually switch Let's switch from having Sabbath on Saturday, which was the traditional end of the week. Let's switch and put it on Sunday so that it can be the beginning of the week. That's so good. That idea of Sabbath, that idea of rest, that idea of spending time with those we love, be it a grandson, be it a spouse, be it whoever, that, 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 that that's the way we're to start the week and move forward in the week from there. And that that Sabbath, again, coming back to that line, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, this Sabbath place was made for you. It's God's gift. God's gift. Slowing down, being present, Sabbath, the peace that comes from it, the sense of union and connection that grows out of that, the joy where we just for a minute glimpse a greater reality, all that is made for you as a gift. And if we're looking for all the gifts that come out of efficiency, that's good, but that's not really God's point. It's really not what God is driving at. So friends, you know, I think, I think coming back to the racing analogy, this is a Formula One steering wheel. That's a formula. I would not want to drive 
to the mall with that steering wheel. That's a steering wheel. I think it is so much of our lives now, right? We, we got these complicated lives where we're constantly adjusting 500 million things that are really difficult. And, and folks, can we, can we be in a place instead where we find Sabbath? And, and here's just a simple thing, simple way for maybe you to practice it today. Just, just ideas, just ideas. Can you have some time, number one, where you turn off your phone? Unless, of course, you're listening to New Church Live. Can you have some time where you just turn off your phone? Secondly, folks, can you plan a meal? Turn off your phone, plan a meal. Uh, a fun one, a fun one to do if you live in the Philadelphia area, and, and I'm sure all of us live in areas where you can do this. Plan a meal. Get on the train. Go down to Center City, Philadelphia. Go to Reading Terminal Market. For those of you who aren't from Philadelphia, which most of the people watching are not, you know, it's just this giant farmer's market. Buy a bunch of stuff. Come back home and cook it. Plan a meal. Turn off your phone. Plan a meal. And then ready for this? Welcome God. Welcome God. In whatever way that might be, because again, like, like, this is the, the, the God, the Lord who stands at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears me, they'll, they'll, they'll open the door. I will come in and sup with them and they with me. Beautiful Bible line. This is the God who's like created a world and he's saying, look, folks, it's good. It's not only good, it's very good. Let me join you here in the Sabbath. Let's have that rest together. And, and that's, that can be done, I think, one-on-one, -on -one, like us just having a prayerful moment. That's a beautiful thing. By all means, do that. And you can have it around the table of 14 people as well. So friends, let's do this. Let's just maybe for, for an hour this week, for just an hour, choose differently. Let's choose Sabbath. Let's choose that peace. Let's choose that connection. And let's choose that joy. Because mm. the Sabbath was made for you. So friends, that concludes today's service. What we're going to do now, as we always close our service, is we're going to do a little a little, a little meditative prayer. We're going to do the Our Father prayer, a little blessing, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the amazing souls that have joined us from all over the country. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what they bring to all of our lives. And Lord, help us to live in that Sabbath place Help us to live there and learning more and more about what it truly means to slow down and be present. To Lord, to be aware in the small ways, to be aware of the person who just simply says hello. For us to say hello back. For that person, Lord, who quote unquote interrupts our routine, but maybe interrupts it for us to remember today's lesson about Sabbath about the children in our lives. Allow them to interrupt us as well, Lord. That idea of Sabbath. And allow us, Lord, especially this, to allow Sabbath for you. 
Sabbath for you to be part of our lives, part of our hearts, part of our minds, part of our endeavors, part of how we are trying to live life imperfectly, but with our best attentions at the fore, moving forward in a life of love and service. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here together today. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, friends. Turn your back to the wind There's a world outside every darkened door Where blues will not haunt you anymore Where graves are free and lovers soar Come ride with me to the distant shore We won't hesitate To break down the garden gate There's not much time left today
Thank you so much.